Welcome to Wisconsin in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Cole McNeely. Coming up, we'll take a quick look at one of the top stories from TheCenterSquare.com, and later, regional editor of The Center Square, Bruce Walker, and Wisconsin reporter Ben Yount will take a deeper dive into some of the top stories of the week. Coming up right after this on Wisconsin in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. Hi, this is Chris Krug, publisher of The Center Square. Our team produces the nationally read and recognized news stories at TheCenterSquare.com, the country's fastest-growing, nonprofit, nonpartisan, state-focused news and information site. We deliver essential information with a taxpayer sensibility through reporting that's easy to understand and easy to share with your friends and family. We know that you need information that allows you to understand what the governor and your local legislators are doing. Get the news that you need to know at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com, thecentersquare.com. Republicans at the Wisconsin Capitol are looking to change the state constitution, they say, to keep Wisconsin from wasting billions of dollars. Wisconsin lawmakers largely decide how nearly $40 billion in state dollars are spent each year, but there's no legislative control over billions more from Washington, D.C. That includes the $3 billion in coronavirus stimulus money, over which Governor Evers has sole control. Constitutional Amendment Senate Joint Resolution 84 aims to change that. To read more about this story and many others, visit thecentersquare.com. Now for a closer look, it's Bruce Walker and Ben Yount. Thank you, Cole McNeely, our wonderful producer, and I'd like to welcome our listeners back to Wisconsin in Focus. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor for The Center Square, and we're recording this podcast on Thursday, January 13th. My guest is The Center Square's Wisconsin correspondent, Ben Yount. Hello, Ben, and welcome back. It is always, it, it, listen, Thursdays, 1230, I know I get to run down, grab me a real quick treat, come back, podcast it out for the afternoon. This is this has become part of, of, of the schedule, and it's, it's one, of, one of my Thursday tasks that I actually look forward to every year. And then you put on your Kolchak, the Night Stalker fedora with the press card in the, in the band and uh, chase ghouls for the rest of the night. I, I actually had a fedora when I was probably 20-something years old, wore it like twice and looked so horribly out of place for it that I never wore it again. I've, I've, I've got I've got one, I've got a straw one that I that I got on the uh, the beach in Mexico that I that looks good because it's much smaller and you can wear it into the into the water. But yeah, uh fedora hats, you either look great in them or you do not. There's no in between. There, there's no, oh yeah, you can maybe make that work. No, you either look like Humphrey Bogard or you look like some dude named Humphrey. And it just isn't <laughs> a good look for most people, me included. Well, yeah. And, and I should correct myself because indeed it was a straw hat that Kolchak the Night Stalker wore. <laughs> which one of my favorite shows growing up and that just kind of gives an indication as to how actually old I am. So listen, let's start this week's rundown with one eternal question because election nonsense in Wisconsin seems to be an eternal issue. It's not going away now, probably never going to go away. But uh, we have the question of why must I be a teenager in love uh, by Dion. And uh, I'm not really sure whether he got an answer until he passed through that stage of his life. But we have a story that you filed today 
and it's Representative Branchin asking, why, why, Ben, is election transparency, quote, insane, end quote? Well, the, the, I, I do not know why teenagers must fall in love as, as the father of, of now my fourth teenager. Uh, let me tell you, there is nothing there's nothing cuter, funnier and then ultimately sadder than, than watching watching teenagers discover love and then have it go wrong for them. And you, you feel so bad. You want to tell them, hey, don't don't this guy, this girl it's not worth it, okay? Don't get all hung up on this. A couple of years from now, you're going to laugh about it. But in the in the moment with the M and M's and the tears, it is it is always uh, <laughs> a, a bit more difficult. So there's there's the answer to Dion's question. Uh, the answer to, to to Representative Branchin's question is politics. Why is election transparency insane? Well, it comes down to politics and Democrats in and around Wisconsin continue to say that asking questions about just what happened during the 2020 election is insane, unnecessary, a waste of time, a waste of money. And Representative Branchin says, well, we, that's great, but we, we don't have any answers. The latest of this is, as always, related to this continuing investigation into the Mark Zuckerberg-funded Center for Tech and Civic Life. And CTCL, the, the so-called Zuckerbucks that we seem to write about at least twice a week, there have never been any real answers as to just what happened. We've had a couple of court cases that have essentially said, well, there's no law in Wisconsin that says this is illegal. So technically, it's not illegal. No one's asking, is it right? Is it wrong? Should it have happened? What happened? The discussion up until now from the Democratic side of the aisle, and, and, and listen, even the Wisconsin Supreme Court said this is not technically illegal. Now, for the Wisconsin Elections Commission and for many of the Democrats at the state capitol, that's all they need to hear. This isn't illegal. No crime was committed. No laws were broken. Let's move forward. Representative Branchin, Republican lawmakers, former Supreme Court Justice Mike Gableman, a lot of people are continuing to say, well, hold on, we want to know exactly what happened. And, and just for the, the quick thumbnail reminder, CTCL, Mark Zuckerberg's funded get out the vote group, in air quotes, spent a half billion dollars nationally, $10 million here in Wisconsin, $8 million in Milwaukee, Madison, Green Bay, Kenosha, and Racine, the five biggest Democratic cities in the state. And there is evidence that CTCL did more than just simply call people, phone bank, send out palm cards, give give voters rides to the poll. You know, the typical get out the vote stuff. The, the indication is that CTCL was inside Green Bay's election operation. One of the political operatives from this group had a city of Green Bay badge. They had a key. They had access to things that, that other political workers did not and that any random citizen off the street would never be able to get. So Representative Branchin and others sent a letter to the Wisconsin Elections Commission and asked for a list of who has access to the voting roll. Right. G give me a list of of everybody there at the commission. Give me a list of everybody who works on this third party vendors. Give us a list of people who perhaps with CTCL would have had access to this list as well. And the response back from a, a, an election commission meeting earlier this week would be that this is such a voluminous 
request for information. And oh, again, say that the, again, say that again, a, a voluminous request for information. And, and this is this has been the, the sort of standard response from clerks, from mayors, from the people who are part of this CTCL investigation, whether it's the Gableman investigation or Janelle Branchen's investigation. When the legislature or you know, Gableman, in his case, special election investigator, ask for questions, ask for information, ask for data, the, the standard response is, oh, well, that, it, it, this would take trucks. There's no we would need to dedicate staff hours and hours and hours. We can't give you all this information. And Branchin asked the question, why, why is it insane to believe that we should know who has access to the state's voter rolls? And, and this is why it's important. You got to remember that a couple of things happen once in a generation coincidences, or if you were to ask lawmakers like Janelle Branchin, this is the, the, the proof, the, the circumstantial evidence of the opportunity for fraud. You had mass mailing of absentee ballots. You had the use of election drop boxes. Never had happened before. Neither one of those things had ever happened before in Wisconsin. You also had a massive influx of people who declared themselves to be indefinitely confined voters. Now, that's supposed to be for older folks in nursing homes who can't get into the wheelchair, get down to the polling place, show their voter ID, turn in their ballot. One of the wrinkles of being indefinitely confined is that you don't have to show voter ID. So you have a record number of people declaring themselves voter ID. Uh, sorry, record number of people declaring themselves indefinitely confined. About 20% of those people hadn't voted in years, so they haven't showed voter ID in years. You then add all of those coincidences to the evidence out of Green Bay that suggests perhaps CTCL had access to the voting rolls, so they knew who was sent an absentee ballot, who returned that absentee ballot, who, who has voted recently, who hasn't. And, and these are the, 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 the sort of the pieces of the puzzle, right? Prosecutors will describe a circumstantial case as you don't need a smoking gun. You, you don't need a confession. You don't need to prove that someone's lying, which is almost as good as getting a confession. But if you have enough pieces of the puzzle to show what the picture is, people know that. Think of a Statue of Liberty. You don't have to have all the pieces, but if you've got the torch and you've got the crown and, and, and you've got the tablets and you've got the green feet in the sandals, most people can look at it and say, oh, well, that's, that, that's the Statue of Liberty. And so Janelle Branchin is taking a look at the pieces of evidence that, that she has found, a lot of emails out of Green Bay, and says, well, it looks like something may have gone wrong here. The latest is this request for voter roll information, who has access to the database. The Wisconsin Elections Commission, through their administrator, Megan Wolf, said it would cost $100,000 to fulfill this request uh, and, and, and called it insane. And, and Branchin simply asked the question that you did, what, what, is, what is insane about trying to figure out just who has access to the state's voter rolls. And so far, there hasn't been a substantive answer to that. There has been this dismissal of, well, these are Republican conspiracy theorists, or they're, they're trying to overturn the election, but we still have not gotten a, a yes, no, or, or, or any real con contextual answer as to why can't we know who has access to the voting rolls? Why can't we know? Now, we're not looking for a list of every single person on that, on that, that list. Janelle Branchin simply wants to know who can get into the system, who, who in November of 2020 was given access to this. If it's just the Elections Commission, just the staff, if it's just the third party technical vendor, why are you afraid to share that? But because, as, as you said, this is the eternal story. This is the eternal controversy. This is the eternal question. 
we don't have any answers once again. So to answer Elvis Costello in the words of Nick Lowe, what is so funny about peace, love, understanding, and election transparency. So let's move along. <laughs> well, I, I, you, you hear enough stories about this, and, and you're so well-versed in this, Ben, that I, I have to confess that uh, sometimes my, my head starts spinning. And, and, um, no, and, that, and that's, and, that, that's and why I chuckled. When my head starts spinning, um, it turns into a metaphor for a slab of vinyl on a turntable. And I... Well, I and and, and, that, no, and that's and, and that's and, and this is this is why this is why I chuckle because you're exactly right that, that these are these are sort of never-ending questions these are relatively simple questions but because again and, and the answer to all of this is politics 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 because of the the politics surrounding these investigations because of the politicization of the 2020 election be, because this is now quickly becoming one of the main issues for the 2022 governor's race, uh, all of a sudden, any question, no matter how simple, even yes or no questions are going to be met with this sort of administrative gobbledygook or just simple stares. Because at this point, I don't think anybody wants to go on the record as saying anything. And I, I think that, that the Wisconsin Elections Commission, they've, got, they've gotten a reprieve. You had rank and file lawmakers talking at the beginning of the month. And I understand the beginning of the month was just two weeks ago, but you had rank and file lawmakers talking about this perhaps could be the last go round for the elections commission. Again, more backstory. The, the Wisconsin elections commission was born out of something that was called the government accountability board and people here in Wisconsin and people who read the old watchdog.org will remember the GAB. Well, those were folks who had oversight over the John Doe investigation. The John Doe investigation was run by Milwaukee County DA John Chisholm, who has come under fire for the Waukesha Christmas Parade suspects low bail. The John Doe investigation in, in, in famous Wisconsin political terms was when Democratic investigators, Democratic prosecutors, Democratic judges decided to raid the homes of Republican political activists to try and figure out somehow, some way, if then Governor Walker had committed any kind of election violations, not fraud, just simply election violations. Maybe they didn't dot all the lowercase J's on their campaign paperwork. In response to that, Republicans disbanded the Government Accountability Board. GAB went bye-bye. Its replacement in terms of election administration was the Wisconsin Elections Commission. You had, as recently as two weeks ago, rank-and-file lawmakers saying, all right, it's time to take the Wisconsin Elections Commission out behind the woodshed or, or send it up to a farm upstate, I guess, to use the more pleasant <laughs> euphemism. Uh, but, but this week, you had both the head of the, the Republicans in the Senate, Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemahue and Assembly Speaker Robin Voss say they, they, they absolutely 100 percent want reforms at WEC, as we like to call it, but they're not ready to blow WEC up. So you have to throw that sort of WEC is a creation of the legislature. And if they do too much to anger lawmakers, they could go bye bye, but now they they know that's not happening for this go around. Uh, so yeah, wh what's wh why why must I be a teenager in love? What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Why is election integrity insane? Politics, baby. 
That's what we do. That's why there is a state capital. That is that is why we are covering state capitals, because, you know, somebody has to explain this now 14 minute answer to one simple question. <laughs> yeah, I, I was timing that as well, Ben. I thought that was uh, pretty, pretty amazing and pretty, uh, pretty inclusive. And uh, uh, forgive me for asking and forgive me, forgive my naivete. So. Let's move along. You you filed a story yesterday, and this seems like it could be kind of a black eye for the uh, for your state capital and uh, your Senate in particular, and that is the hearing on vaccine mandates. Yeah. So, uh, can we can we approach that delicately? Yeah, Wisconsin has a Republican legislature. And many of the members who make up the Republican legislature come from what's called outstate. That you've got, if you draw a triangle from Green Bay to Madison over to Milwaukee and then back up the shores of Lake Michigan, two thirds of the people in the state live inside that triangle. You have an entire rest of the state where you have lots and lots of lawmakers from many times very conservative rural areas. The split when it comes to the coronavirus is between our Democratic governor, our Republican legislature, public health managers in very, 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 very liberal Madison, liberal Milwaukee, and then the WOW counties, Washington, Ozaki, and Waukesha counties, where you have a lot more suburban Republican voters. And so there is this mix of some people absolutely do not want to hear anything about the shot. Don't know. I'm not, I'm not taking your government serum. Don't even get close to me. You have many people in Madison, Dane County, the most vaccinated spot in the entire state. Milwaukee, city leaders there, the public health managers there continue to push vaccinations. But as you see, when you actually take a look at the statistics, you have an awful lot of, of older black families who simply are skipping out on getting their shot. In the Republican suburbs, you have people who may get the shot for themselves, but they're not necessarily okay with being told they have to get the shot or I'm going to go and force you to get the shot. So you have this mix, and it all came to the Capitol during a marathon hearing where a number of people testified, and some of them made medical cases, some of them made emotional cases. But the story that we wrote came down to the back and forth between two lawmakers, Mary Felskowski, she is a Republican senator from outstate, and Tim Carpenter, who is a Democrat from Milwaukee. And, and Mary Felskowski fell down what becomes an all too easy trap to fall into. She asked during the hearing, said that one of her constituents asked, how is a vaccine passport any different than the star of David in Nazi Germany? Now, you know this, and anybody who's been online knows this. There used to be some sort of, of rule that the first person to bring Godwin's up the Nazis. Law. Godwin's yeah, law. There you go. Yeah, you lose. Right. First person to bring up the Nazis loses. In response, Tim Carpenter does did what Tim Carpenter does. He got very upset. He's, he's a very excitable lawyer. Every state capital has one person who you can count on to bang the desk, throw the papers, and be relatively hyperbolic. Carpenter played his role, and, and he, he, one of the few times I've heard during a legislative hearing that, that someone say this is BS, but he actually said the entire word, said that these are conspiracy theories. And again, this is one of these things of there are an awful lot of people who, when you say, well, the vaccine passport's the same as the Star of David, 
don't ever make a concentration camp comparison. Don't ever compare anything to the Holocaust. It just, it, you, there's no way you you come off of it looking good. There's no way. I'm, I as, as much as people don't want to be told you got to carry a piece of paper in order to go into the subway, that is vastly different than putting people on trains, shipping them across Eastern Europe to be worked to death or simply killed. It, it is it is one of these ones that, oh, that's just not a good look. No, but, not at all. And, and it seems to me that if you're going to make something like that, even uh, a reference to the Stasi, would be a little bit of an exaggeration, yeah. if not yeah. a lot of it. Yeah, and 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 this was this was just a small part of, like I said, an hours long hearing. And you you had some you had some very interesting, just regular citizens show up. I, I think the quote that I used was from from a, a very articulate dad who came in. Kevin Tuttle is his name. And, and he said, health is an individual responsibility. We don't get sick as a public or well as a public. Take care of your health. Stop demanding that others do it for you. And then this was the line that caught my ear. He said, our bodies do not belong to our government, our employers, or any business. And this is where the vaccine passports, this is where the idea of giving people credit for natural immunity comes in, that there are an awful lot of people, an awful lot of voters in the suburbs that have been walking around without masks, have been walking around without having to show proof of vaccination. The reality for the coronavirus in Madison and Dane County is vastly different than the reality even 45 minutes down the road. If you're not in Milwaukee or in Madison, the coronavirus for most part is not really a thing for most people in Wisconsin. And so this was the tone that, that you have some, some very reasoned pleas and then you had this nonsense about the Star of David. Ultimately, though, Republican legislature likely going to approve these. Governor Evers, a Democrat who has been very pro-vaccine, been very pro-public health, is almost certain to kill these. But this is an election year, and you always have to keep it in mind. It took me one or two sessions down at the Illinois Capitol to learn this. In an election year, half of these votes are meant to come back as campaign mailers, and that's it. They just want to be able to say the governor turned out. Governor Evers wants to force you to carry a vaccine passport. That's what 90% of this is. And so as we move closer and closer to the election this fall, we have to keep that in mind. But yeah, this is this is one of these stories that, that even as you're watching it and you're trying to, to talk about the policy, whenever somebody brings up concentration camps, you just have to shake your head and say, that's that, that, that I, I know you think that sounds one way. What it sounds like in your head and then what it sounds like when it comes out of your mouth are two completely different things. Uh, and, and but, you know, this is this is the job as, as a reporter. You're there with the tape recorder and you catch it and you got to tell people what they said. Right. Well, um, I, I, I am kind of gobsmacked on this one. And uh, it, it brings forth many more questions that uh, are also top pop songs. But uh, I'll let that go for today. And because. Frankly, we're we're out of time, Ben. And uh two two questions and it's the podcast. I mean, I I perhaps perhaps next week I will I will let someone else speak a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. It's uh, always enjoyable listening to you uh put forth your your experience and wisdom. So, I I do appreciate that. But, you know, thank you Ben Yount and his insights on Wisconsin news. And you can find all of Ben's stories as well as all the Center Square articles and podcasts at thecentersquare.com, thecentersquare.com. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor for the Center Square, and Ben and I will be back again next week 
with a new episode of Wisconsin in Focus.